0: Well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad to be with you on the program today. We're going to be talking with uh, Zach Fortresser of the New Mexico Shooting Sports Association here in just a minute or two. We are in the final week of the 30 day session in Santa Fe and. Uh, There are a couple of gun control bills that are poised to get to the desk of Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, but there are many others that, at least for now, appear to be in a holding pattern. Now, that could change over the next, uh, you know, 72 hours or so. Uh, We'll get to that in just a moment. We also have an incredible armed citizen story for you, an outrageous plea deal in uh, milwaukee wisconsin to get to uh, and of course our uh, good deed of the day Uh, but let's kick things off with our conversation with zach ford from the new mexico shooting sports association on the possibility i don't want to say it's a guarantee i don't even want to say it's a likelihood at this point but the possibility that governor michelle lujan grisham's anti-gun agenda will largely stall out in the state legislature this year take a look and a listen Zach, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. We are uh, heading into crunch time, it sounds like, at the Roundhouse this week.
1: Yeah, just got a couple more days. You know, Thursday at noon, uh, this, the 2024 legislative session ends in New Mexico.
0: All right, so where are we right now? Well, There were f- dozens of gun control bills that were introduced at the uh, start of the session. Um, wh- where are we just right now in terms of uh, these bills getting across the finish line?
1: So that's a great question. So right, there was there were about a dozen gun control bills introduced in the thirty day session in New Mexico. You know, in New Mexico, we alternate sixty day sessions, thirty day sessions. The thirty day session supposed to be you know just a budget session. pass a budget, go home. Well, this governor has made attacking our rights of one of her, well, highest priorities as governor, so she int- so she had them introduce about a dozen gun control bills that they tried to do in a 30-day session. So where do we stand on all these bills right now? So all the bills that may pass this session are currently located on the floor of the House, meaning that they're waiting for a vote by the full House of Representatives. There are two bills that are further along than any other bills. The first one is Senate Bill 5. That is the polling place gun ban, basically saying you're not allowed to bring a firearm either open or concealed to a polling place or within 100 feet of the polling place unless you're doing other business uh by it, which is one amendment that was added on. That we it was a good amendment, but we still think it's a bad bill. Um, so that bill had passed through the Senate. It's currently waiting to vote on the, the floor of the House of Representatives. That's Senate Bill 5. The other bill that's the furthest along right now is House Bill 129. This is the seven-day waiting period in New Mexico. So the bill actually started as a 14. 14- business day waiting period, it was amended down to a 14-day waiting period, and it was amended again to a seven-day waiting period. There is an exemption for concealed carry permit holders uh, that we that, uh, that amendment was added on to kind of get this bill through because they did face a lot of opposition. You know, we had some state representatives, state senators talking about receiving thousands of emails asking them to oppose this bill. So there really was a real groundswell of opposition to this bill, but it did make it through the House side one time and it made it through the Senate side. However, the versions that passed through the House and the Senate were a little bit different. So the, the bill that passed the Senate is now back on the House side for a concurrence vote by the House. So nothing has actually passed uh, the full legislature yet. You know, Senate Bill 5, House Bill 129, those are the two bills that are the furthest along. They both passed the Senate side. They're currently waiting for votes by the House Representatives. If there's no other, if they pass the floor of the House and no other amendments are made, they will go to the governor's desk, which we anticipate that the governor would sign those bills. So that's why we're, what we're, right now we're telling people is that everything that may pass this session is currently on the floor of the House. You know, a lot of the other bills, the under-21 semi-automatic ban, the House Bill 137, the semi-automatic rifle, handgun, ban that bill is also it has not passed the senate side But it has been sitting at the floor of the House. It's been sitting there for almost two weeks now. So, why has it been sitting there for two weeks uh, without a vote on it? Well, the answer is they don't know if they have the votes to pass it or not. You know, House Bill 129 was really close. It was two, we were two votes short stopping it the first time it came through the floor of the House. These bills are incredibly close, is basically the message that I'm trying to get to people. And they're trying to figure out if they have the votes to do at the end. We're trying to figure out, you know, if we have the votes to stop it here. So, it is really imperative that if you're in New Mexico and you care about your Second Amendment rights, you need to. Be talking to your state representative, send them, call their office, send them an email. If you've done it before, do it again. They need to continuously hear from people that we do not want these attacks. That we're sick and tired of, you know, criminals having free reign to do whatever they want in our state while they continually attack peaceful citizens who just want to be left alone.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it, it's it's interesting to me that the Governor Grisham, you know, has this carry ban uh that she imposes unilaterally on, on lawful concealed carry, right? Because we're <laughs> Apparently, so dangerous, so problematic, and then, in an effort to you know water down this waiting period bill to attract votes, okay, well, you concealed carry holders, you're not the problem. You don't need to go through a seven day waiting period. We trust you. It, it, it's it's so amazing to me, Zach. The 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 lack of consistency that we're hearing within the antagon arguments. Right when they when they want this bill to pass, then concealed carry holders can be trusted. When they want to ban concealed carry, of course, then we can't be trusted. Um, I just find that fascinating. And, you know, you talk about some of the other bills that uh, are, are sort of uh, I don't want to say they're stalled out, but they haven't gotten a vote uh, in the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks. How concerned are you that in the you know coming days here that uh, Governor Grisham is going to put the full court press on lawmakers and say, you know, bring these bills forward um, because she wants a gun ban. She wants to raise the age to purchase a firearm. She's not going to be satisfied last year. You know, she threatened to call a special session uh, if lawmakers didn't pass these things. So I'm I'm assuming that in the waning days of this year's session, she's really going to be putting the screws to her fellow Democrats saying, you got to get these bills to my desk.
1: Exactly. You know, last year, she did threaten to call a special session on gun control specifically if bills were not passed. Uh, that, you know, kind of got the, some bills out of committees. But, you know, that we she has not made a similar threat so far this year. Uh, but I mean, it's. This governor, I mean, it's there's really no other way to say it. If you listen to her press conferences, if you listen to her talk about this stuff, she just hates guns and wants to reduce the number of firearms in New Mexico. I mean, that is basically she's said as much in her press conferences in her media interviews that she wants to reduce the number of guns in New Mexico. So, any bill that would potentially reduce guns, reduce the number of firearms, not even we're not talking about, you know, reducing access to firearms by criminals, we're not talking about anything like that. It's just gun, anyone, our right to own a firearm, she wants to reduce that. So, to have fewer guns in New Mexico. That's all that she wants to do. So any bill that can potentially do that, she's going to be pushing really hard. You know, there's a lot of games that are played in Santa Fe. Um, You know, New Mexico is somewhat notorious for uh, some of the backroom deals and things like that, the pressure, uh, especially with the way that we do some of our capital outlay stuff um, and kind of the secrecy around that. So the governor has options that she can try to use to either uh, use a carrot or um, a whip to try and get some of these uh, lawmakers in her own party to go support her Proposals, because you know Democrats have a very large majority in the House and the Senate in New Mexico. However, you know a New Mexico Democrat, there are, there are some good New Mexico Democrats who value our right to own a firearm, who value freedom, um, and we you know we continuously lean on those people. They voted for us before. You know we won uh, on all the votes that have gone through the floor of the House and the Senate, we've actually won more Democrats. I think people realize we were going to, um, because it's really, really close. We're talking, you know, two votes on either the House or the Senate side when things pass, two votes. That's all that it is here, even though the Democrats have very large majorities in both, because we are winning those Democrat votes. So what we need to do is continuously, you know, talk to those people, especially, you know, up in the northern New Mexico Democrats. There's a lot of there's some very incredibly pro-gun Democrats in northern New Mexico who value their rights and don't like this stuff. And we need those people to continuously speak out and talk to the representatives, let them know stand strong against what the governor is trying to get you to do because she will she has no problem selling you out um to push her agenda. We saw this, you know, during COVID, had the uh, Animosity that the governor had for northern New Mexico uh, and the way she kind of attacked these people for not following what she thought was the right thing to do. So there's a lot of animosity between, I think, people in northern Mexico and this governor, the, with the way she's treated them. And people need to stand strong because she is coming for their rights. And those are the people who live in places like Ocate, New Mexico, who are going to have to drive two hours, two, three hours to do uh, to get a firearm under this waiting period. And they're to you know, drive down there. You know, a six hour round trip, do another six hour round trip to go pick it up seven days later. So, you know, this is an attack on the rights of ruling the Mexicans. And we need people to stand firm and, you know, and go fight against this. And please, we implore you, go contact your state representative today. If you've already done it, do it again because the floor of the House is going to determine what does and does not pass this session.
0: Absolutely. Um, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but uh, I have to ask Are you concerned that if um, the governor only gets a couple of these bills? Uh, to sign, let's say the waiting period, the uh, the gun ban in polling places that she will call lawmakers back into Santa Fe or again is a lot of that contingent on what these, you know, northern New Mexico Democrats uh, uh, do and what they're hearing from their constituents at this point.
1: So, you know, we're prepared for all possibilities, um, you know, this governor, she's full of surprises. To say the least. Um, she tried to nullify the second amendment through executive order. Um, is it possible that she's that she could call a special session? It is. We'll be prepared for for that if it happens. Um at this time, we have not She hasn't said she's going to. So that's not necessarily something that we're preparing for right now. I mean, we just got a couple of days left. So we're just trying to finish the session strong, stop everything we possibly can during this session. And, you know, um, whatever comes next, whether that be um, if there's any litigation, uh, whether that be a special session, you know, we'll deal with that after the session is over. But right now we're just laser focused on getting through Thursday.
0: Sure and, and and talk about the uh, the grassroots opposition uh, to this because i I seem to recall there was a post on X uh, from the New Mexico Shooting Sports Association. I think it was last week, maybe the week before, talking about how we've not seen um, the opposition to some of these bills that you've seen in the past, uh, which was kind of disappointing to see. Has, has that uh, anti-gun or the, uh, the 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 opposition to these bills has that ramped up? Uh, over the it course had. of the session, or are you still a little concerned that there are a lot of gun owners sitting on the sidelines?
1: You know, what what early in the session, people really were not as engaged as I think we would have liked to see them be. And I think there's a little bit of fatigue there because, you know, this governor just, you know, Continually, it's just this continuous, like it's nonstop. There's executive orders every single session since this governor's been in office, it's been a fight. You've got executive orders, you got everything else going on. So I think there was an element of fatigue where people were like, they're just tired and giving up. Uh, but you know, as we've gone through the session, you know, as you know, this governor's agenda has kind of become more clear. I think we, you know, we really have seen people step up. You know, we had a good rally, it was freezing cold outside, but we had, you know, a good rally out there in Santa Fe. So we have continued to see people speak up, but you know, I think there's still a lot of gun owners who do need who need to get involved who are not involved right now um so there's definitely we there's a whole lot more because i mean new mexico we're a gun owning state you know i think by some surveys you know about half half roughly half of new mexicans live at least half of new mexicans live in a fire live in a household where there's a firearm you know you got to rule in new mexico that's probably above 75 percent. you know i think in the metropolitan areas albuquerque santa fe las cruces you're going to have a little bit lower but it's you know it, we're a gun-owning state. People in the state are familiar with firearms, and so there's a whole lot of gun owners who these bills would impact, who need to get involved. I don't care if you know, you're Republican, indep- Independent, uh, Democrat, Libertarian, other third party. Because these bills are going to impact your ability to get a firearm. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people who were who sat on the sidelines. And if the seven day waiting period bill passes, they're going to be shocked to find out that they can't bring a firearm home with them on the day because they've always been able to do that. Uh, so I think there there are could, there could be some people who are, who are not involved right now who are going to be in for a rude awakening. Um, You know, if they could discover is able to continually push out these gun free zones, able to continually you know make it harder to access a firearm and. It's it's unfortunate that they're going to wait until something impacts them, uh, but that's why we need to get people involved now and today. And this is why we're speaking out so loudly on this.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck in the uh, coming days. Can we get you back on the program maybe next Monday uh, after the session is complete? We kind of have a better idea of where things stand, what's going to the governor, what's not. And maybe we've heard from Governor Grisham about what uh, her plans will be after the session is concluded. Can you come back? Definitely. OK, Zach, again, thank you for all of your work there in New Mexico. And folks, again, if you're a New Mexico governor, please, please heed Zach's advice here. Make sure that your state representatives, your state senators have heard from you uh, because time is running out here. We've got a chance to maybe derail some of the worst of the worst. And who knows, maybe even derail uh, all of the governor's uh, anti-gun agenda. But uh, Zach Fort, thank you so much for your time today. We'll let you get back to work and uh, look forward to doing this again very soon.
1: Thanks. Have a good day.
0: I appreciate, Zach, joining us for the update. We will, of course, be following closely with everything that's going on in Santa Fe. But again, best thing to do right now, make sure your lawmakers have heard from you. And that's good advice, by the way, no matter what state you live in. Whether you've got good legislators or bad legislators, they still need to know that these issues impacting your right to keep and bear arms are vitally important to your continued support for them going forward, uh, or maybe your continued opposition, I suppose, uh, depending on who your lawmaker might be. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizens story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start with this uh, story from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Not a true recidivist report. I don't know that the teen in question has a previous criminal history, but I'm still struck by the light sentences that we see for what we are told are very serious crimes, right, including bringing a loaded gun Onto a school campus, which resulted in probation for this uh, Milwaukee teenager. Yeah, maybe he was uh, sentenced to have to wear that uh, hairdo for the uh, next couple of years. I don't know. But uh, not a good outcome here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where uh, the 17-year-old, Adrick Everson, pleaded guilty to having a gun on school grounds and a uh, misdemeanor dropped in a plea deal with prosecutors. According to a criminal complaint, Milwaukee police were dispatched to the Audubon School on April 27th of last year. School staff ever said a student had a gun there on campus. Complaint states that another student informed a security officer that Everson had a, quote, handgun in his waistband. The security officer found Everson in a hallway and then escorted him to a room. When a school staff member entered the room with Everson and the security officer, the teen then ran out of the room and tried to run out of the school, but he was stopped and detained in the hallway with help from another Security guard everson eventually taken to the uh, boys restroom where a uh, staff member searched him and found a gun in his waistband uh, as well as a, a magazine loaded with twelve rounds recovered an additional round in everson 's pants leg, and again, two years' probation for this i I was under the impression we 've been told time and time again that these are very serious crimes we need to take these things very seriously. Of course, I guess that's, you know, when we're talking about passing laws that aimed or, uh, that are aimed at people like you and I, who aren't bringing guns onto uh, school campuses uh, as an underage teenager in illegal possession of a firearm, right? Yeah. yeah, we need waiting periods, we need universal background checks, we need all kinds of gun-free zones, but when a 17-year-old brings an illicitly obtained firearm with him to school campus, hold out your wrist, hold out your wrist, Adrick. Hey, Bad boy. Don't do that again. Two years probation. That's all. Today's Armed citizen story from Columbia, South Carolina, where authorities say a woman acted in self-defense, fatally shooting an intruder at an apartment complex over the weekend. Uh, This from the uh, Richland County Sheriff's Office. They say deputies dispatched to a shooting about five o'clock Sunday morning. And when they got there, they found a woman who had shot and killed a man in her apartment woman claims that she heard banging at the door to the apartment that she shares with her two children. And as she approached the front door, the man, the man actually like managed to break through. woman told deputies that she retrieved a gun from her purse, asked the man to identify himself. I imagine that more like, who are you? What are you doing here? Uh, he continued to approach the woman. At that time, she fired, shooting and killing him. It's called law enforcement immediately after it occurred investigators the woman was brought to headquarters for questioning was released shortly after when it was determined that she was, in fact, acting not only in self-defense but in defense of her two children. Thankfully, she wasn't harmed. The two kids were not harmed, according to the Richland County Sheriff's Office, and uh, no charges expected because this was a justified act of self-defense. We don't know anything at all about the suspect in this case, but uh, we'll see if we can learn more information as uh, more details become available. Finally today, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing – a uh, resident in uh, Florida who was able to rescue a, a couple and their dog from a capsized boat over the weekend. Uh, that's never a good thing. This was in uh, Melbourne, Florida. Officers responded about uh, 7.30 Saturday night, um, located in the boat about a mile offshore and about two miles south of the Melbourne Causeway. So this wasn't just a, you know, the boat's sick let's hop off and swim a short distance to shore. The capsized boat had uh, two people who were still holding on to the boat as police began to speak with them. Multi-agency rescue effort began. First responders from the Melbourne Fire Rescue, the uh, Indian Atlantic Police Department, Melbourne Beach Fire Department, excuse me, Melbourne Beach Police Department, the Brevard County Sheriff's Office Aviation Unit. Uh, as they were working to get a rescue boat in the water, however, a man in his own boat uh, was able to get there first and uh, save the subjects who were uh, soon picked up by a Melbourne fire rescue boat, taken to a a local boat ramp. They were taken to a a local hospital to be examined. The uh, couple medically cleared, released with no injuries whatsoever. Uh, I think the dog is okay as well. Melbourne police say they don't know why the 17-foot long boat capsized, uh, but they added that there was no further law enforcement investigation into the incident. Again, thankfully, everybody okay, thanks to the uh, quick thinking and the fast actions of a man and his boat. They're in uh, Melbourne, Florida on Saturday night. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Barron Arms Cam and Company. want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we are slated to talk with uh, Cody Wisniewski of the Firearms Policy Coalition. Uh, fingers crossed that uh, nothing happens between now and then. So I will uh, I I will, I will tease that with the anticipation that, uh, yes, that interview will be taking place. In the meantime, don't forget to check out BarronArms.com throughout the day. We are keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment information from all across the country. News you need to know about when it comes to your right to keep and bear arms. If you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BarronArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code gunrights, And you can get a significant savings on your membership. As I was saying, thanks for showing your support. We're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Your support really does matter. It truly does make a difference. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday as well as a Monday can be enjoyed. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.